Did you know that Easy Medical Device is not only a blog, a podcast, or a YouTube channel? It's also an agency that is providing you consulting, coaching, and training for medical devices. So if you have any projects, don't hesitate to contact me at info at easymedicaldevice.com. Info at easymedicaldevice.com. So talk to you later. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. I am Munir Lazuzi, a medical device expert specialized on quality and regulatory affairs. My mission is to help you learn how to place a compliant medical device on the market. For that, I'll share with you my experience and the one of others on this podcast. Are you ready for your dose of regulation and standard today? Okay, so let the show begin. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Here is Munir Alazuzi from easymedicaldevice.com. And today, we will not talk specifically about medical devices, but for a sort of medical devices that is combined with another product. So we'll talk about ATMP. And I have with me Margaret Jorvid, uh, who, is, uh, help, who will help us to understand this uh, new name. I mean, I suppose a lot of people, of you didn't really heard about that, uh, but it's something that is existing. And uh, it's also a possibility that the medical devices are combined with it. So, uh, Margaret, uh, welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Thank you very much, Munir. I'm very happy to be here with you today. Great. Um, I'm based in Uppsala in Sweden. Um, okay. Briefly, my background, I have now more than 30 years experience working with regulatory affairs. I have worked as an assessor at the Medical Partners Agency, worked for small and larger companies in Sweden, but also in Paris in France. Okay. Um, my first contact with advanced therapy medicinal products, or ATMPs, as they are named in Europe, was back in 2006. This was even before the legislation, the regulation that we'll talk about, uh, came into force. I am a pharmacist um, from the Uppsala University, have an MBA from Stockholm School of Economics. I also have a master in uh, medical technology devices from the Cranfield University uh, in the UK where I did my thesis on drug device combinations. Um, 15 years ago, I started Mitra Uppsala AB okay. as a consultant in regulatory affairs. Great. And that's briefly, briefly me. Great. And I see behind you the logo of uh, Topra. Uh, we'll talk maybe about that at the end of the episode because uh, you will be also uh, uh, having an intervention at Topra and we'll talk more, more about that. Um, mm -hmm. Okay, Margaret, so thank you for this introduction. Um, as I've said, we'll talk about uh, ATMP, and I'm sure a lot of people in the audience don't understand that or don't know that, or some people know it but don't know exactly uh, how they should regulate that or how they can place that on the market or what is the interaction with medical devices. Um, so uh, first, I wanted to ask you first, if you can, go, we go to the basics. <laughs> so what is ATMP? So what means ATMP and what it is exactly? Hmm. HMP stands for Advanced Therapy Medicinal Products. Uh, this includes uh, cell and gene therapies and also tissue engineered medicines. Uh, it is a fairly new type of medicines. Only 15 products are approved in Europe today uh, over the last 10 years. Uh, some would call it the third generation uh, of medicines following the, I would say, chemicals, more molecules, and then secondly, the biologics like monoclonal antibodies. Uh, interesting today is that about 80% of medicines under development uh, today are biologics or ATMPs. 
Um, statistics say that worldwide there are more than 1,000 companies developing uh, cell immune therapies, many of them being small, medium-sized uh, companies, so-called SMEs. Uh, there's also more than 1,000 uh, clinical studies ongoing, and many of them are approaching now later stage of development. I would say no longer phase one, but phase two, phase three, pivotal studies for really uh, marketing applications. Uh, listening to FDA stated uh, that they have now more than 800 open INDs, means applications for these kind of products, and estimate to bring around 20 to 25 new products every year around 2025. So this is really an area which is growing rapidly and, and a very important area to, to know more about, I would say. Yeah, so... We have we have many medicinal products, medical devices. Now this is this ATMP, which, are, as as you said, there is a lot of biologics. So, uh, what is the link now with ATMP and devices? Because mainly we are talking here about devices. So, what can be the link between that and maybe do you have some examples and concrete examples that people really can figure out what we are talking about? I'll try to do that. I mean, it's it's clear that some of these ATMPs will need a device either for administration, uh, but some of them also include an integral device component. And that means that the ATMP and the device form together a single integral product okay. uh, and is to be used uh, as a combination and not to be reused. Um, these ATMPs with an integral device part is classified and has a special name. It's called combined ATMPs. Okay. Um, some examples. Uh, yes, there is a good source of information here because if you go on the EMA website, uh, there is a list of these products. I mean, ATMPs you can apply for a for classification, and we'll talk more about that. And products that have been classified as as a combined ATMP uh, are listed uh, on the EMA website. Uh, with a short summary. Um, no one is yet approved. No one is okay. yet approved for marketing uh, or, or to be sold on the market. But I picked out a couple of examples that I, I saw on this list. One is, for example, you will have um, uh, allogeneic stem cells combined with a carrier, an implanting device, a tissue engineer product in this case, being developed to restore uh, cardiac function post myocardial infarction. And this was classified back in 2017. Um, another example is uh, an adipose-derived stem cell seeded into a tuberous scaffold composed of polypropylene as a biomaterial, mimicking then the extracellular environment of the urinary tract in patients that require a radical cystectomy for treatment of bladder cancer. This was classified last year in 2019. So there are... Uh, a number of these products being developed by companies as we speak. Uh, apparently, from what we heard since now is the fact that um, the, this is existing, but since many years now, 10 years, uh, but not a lot are on the market. So apparently, it takes a lot of time to be released or... What is, what is the process here? So is there a kind of uh, the same like a medical device or a drug, like a phase one study, phase two, phase three, et cetera? Or what's, what's, what, what is the reason why we, have, we, we don't have that, so, we don't have so many in the market actually? Well, I, I think it's been a learning curve for all of us, both the companies 
and the regulators, the authorities. I mean, these are new innovative products, uh, quite challenging to, to develop. Uh, I would say also to manufacture and to have a reproducible manufacturing uh, line. Of course, they need to undergo clinical development uh, as all medicinal products. Uh, if you have uh, a device integrated, uh, you might, or a, a device in combination, you also need to document the device part. So doing a clinical trial with your ATMP, you might also need to do clinical investigation in parallel of the device part uh, for this combination. So they are quite complicated, quite complex, and this is why I want to get to uh, also to talk about the interactions with the authorities, with the regulators at an early stage. I think this is even more important for these uh, products to understand what the expectations are um, for uh, these products, what you need, what kind of studies you need to do, how you need to document them so that you can put together a good uh, application to, to reach approval. So, um... Uh, so we know, for example, that for medicinal products, we have the Directive 2001-83-EC for MDR, now it's 2017-745. Um, so ATMP is regulated within one of these regulations or it has its own regulation? Uh, I would say both yes and no in the sense that, yes, these uh, combined ATMPs they are a medicinal product, so to okay. some extent you can say they fall under the Directive 201. However, there is also this particular regulation, uh, 1394 from 2007, or so-called the ATMP regulation, which are specific for these products. So uh, that is a very important, of course, legislation to, to be aware about and to understand that, that even if these are combined ATMP and they are regulated as a medicinal product. Both the ATMP, the cell and genes or tissues, uh, and the device component needs to be assessed and evaluated. Okay. Um, so, for example, we have within the MDR Article 117, which is a, uh, amending the medicinal product uh, directive, uh, which is mainly saying that uh, if you have a combined product or integral part uh, of medical device on the medicinal products, uh, you have to contact a notified body and you have uh, to assess this through, through Annex 1. Um, is it the same here for ATMP or it's completely different? It's not the same. And it's interesting to know when you look into this Article 117, which, uh, of course, uh, there is a lot of discussion about now because it has implication for uh, for combination products, as you say, drug device uh, combination, and it means that the notified opinion needs to be part of the MAA uh, when the MDR gets in full force as of May next year. However, when we talk about combined ATMP, you remember we have already a regulation from 2007. Yeah. And in this regulation, there is already an Article 9 uh, in this uh, legislation that provides the requirements for an interaction with the notified body for combined ATMPs during the MAA assessment. So there is also even a specific guideline already uh, uh, published in 2010, which is, describes the, the procedure, uh, how the consultation of a notified body uh, it should take place uh, for these products. And also, I should, probably should say that when 
uh, a company apply for a marketing approval for, for these combined HMPs, it is via centralized procedure to okay. email. So the submission is uh, is to email as a centralized procedure. Okay. And um, as you've said, so they have their own regulation. They are already asking for a review maybe by uh, a notified body. Um, but do they ask to review, for example, the same as what a notified body is doing for a medicinal product like Annex 1 of the MDR, or they have their own list of things that a notified body should review? Well, the notified body is an important player in this assessment. Um, uh, of course, the results of the evaluation by a notified body uh, is to be included in the MAA assessment. Um, but if there is no uh, such assessment in the application that EMA receives, EMA and the CUT, uh, which stands for the Committee for Advanced Therapies, uh, should ask the opinion and of the, when it regards to conformity of the device part with the essential requirements of the medical device legislation from a designated notified body. This means that uh, in this case, it's actually interesting because it's a three-lateral interaction between the EMA, the notified body, and the MAA applicant for this combined HMP. So what you are saying is mainly that uh, a manufacturer that is uh, making this application can choose his notified body and do this assessment and then put that in the uh, marketing authorization application. But if he has not done it, and if the EMA receives the submission without this information, then the EMA can choose himself one notified body and ask them for doing this assessment. Is it correct? This is correct. And the important is that what needs to be fulfilled is that, I mean, with the new MDR, we're talking not, no longer with uh, essential requirements. We're talking the terminology safety and performance requirements of the device. And that has to be fulfilled for the device component in these combined products. So okay. this is what the assessment uh, that has to be performed by the notified body. Yeah. No, I think it's really, really interesting. Uh, so it's completely different from uh, what we are doing with uh, with the, with the medicinal products and everything. So uh, it's really, really interesting. So yeah, if we are doing a TMP, then we have not really follow all the requirements of uh, medicinal products, but there is a specific regulation 2007 uh, from 2007 that uh, you have to follow. Um, now, when we are talking about um, regulation, so it's okay. Um, now in terms of interaction with the authorities, um, I mean, apparently my authority is the EMA, so I have to go through EMA and go um, talk to them or submit to them. Um, so can you just maybe clarify quickly to the audience, what is EMS or European Medicine Agency? So what is the authority of this agency? Well, I mean, the European Medicine Agency, I mean, it's EMA has a key role, I would say, to approve or to review this, these uh, products. Uh, as mentioned, uh, they are assessed through the centralized procedure, which means that the applicant submits uh, a marketing uh, application to, to EMA. Uh, as normal, there are two rapporteurs uh, in the national authorities nominated or selected for doing uh, the assessment, and they then bring this back to the CHMP. But for these products also, the CAT, as mentioned, the Committee for Advanced Therapy, which is a group or representative from all member states uh, are part of the assessment of these products. So um, 
But I think even before that, you get to an approval. There are many more steps you can actually take or many more interactions long, much longer or much earlier, I would say, before you get to any, anything like an MAA. So do you, uh, the have, first... do you have a process or something like for, first you should maybe do that, second you should do that, third you should do that, so that maybe it can help the people that are maybe starting this type of projects to understand what they should do um, at the beginning, so to not avoid, to avoid any mistake or any issue with an authority? Hmm. Well, I mean, for, absolutely. For ATMPs, I would start to to uh, submit an application for an ATMP classification, uh, also for these combined HMPs. This is a, a, a classification procedure that EMICATS provided and is an excellent way to, to actually get confirmation or validation that the product you are developing uh, falls under the HMP regulation or even uh, as a combined HMP. It's a fairly so, short procedure. Yeah, it takes so 60, in terms 60 of, days. In in terms of classification, so it's not the same as the MDR or, or medical device. So it's not like you have some rules and you define this is class one, two A, or two B, or three. It's not you who is doing that. It's the EMA who is taking the products, uh, investigating, and then putting its yeah. classification. Is it correct? Well, the classification in this case is really that you submit a description of your product and you suggest yourself what kind of product it is. Is it a cell therapy? Is it a gene therapy? Is it a tissue engineer product or is it, as we are talking about today, a combined HMP, which includes an integral device uh, part to it? Then the uh, EMA and the CAT make an assessment. Uh, as I said, it's a 60-day procedure and you get a response uh, back, which means that you then have confirmed what kind of product you, know, you have and you are developing. It's also, this also published uh, the outcome of this assessment very brief uh, in a summary report that is published on the email website, which was the source for where I could pick these few examples. So for anyone interested, if you go on the email website and you look under HMP classification, uh, you will find the list of different products that has been classified under these, these uh, rules. So that's a help, I would say. Um, then I would like to mention scientific advice. I think that's uh, an extremely important and good procedure uh, for anyone who develops uh, these products to talk to the regulators. Uh, you can have a scientific advice uh, with, I mean, you can talk, of course, to your national company authorities on the local level in Europe, but you can also have the EMA scientific advice. And, and I understand that uh, at EMA, they do see more and more of these combinations, and there is definitely possible to, in such a scientific advice dialogue, uh, also discuss uh, the device part uh, of these products. Okay. And I think the, er the earlier the better, because uh, it's it's sad to to know too late what you are supposed to do earlier. You lose time. So, I think the earlier you can have these dialogues and. A uh, particular probably to mention is also the EMA site, uh, SME office here. I mean, as I mentioned, some of many of these products are developed by small companies, and EMA has uh, a, an office particular uh, specialized on, on contacts with, with small companies, and, and that would be a very good, I would say, uh, dialogue to start with if you have questions uh, and can also tell you where to turn and how to take the next, next steps. 
So in terms of, uh, you said that it's uh, it's earlier is the better, so better to come early and, and ask questions. So um, when we say early, it's like you don't need to have already started some investigation or this, it's like you are still in the feasibility study and contacting them, or you should have already some data before you really start to contact them. Well, I mean, I think you should, you should have, uh, uh, before you, I mean, even definitely before you start your clinical program, you can have an early dialogue. Uh, when you have your first, uh, as a lot of information or a lot of questions is around manufacturing of this product. So both on the CMC side, but also on the uh, non-clinical studies. I mean, some of these products you can, not do the standard package of non-clinical uh, uh, studies, depending on what kind of I mean, what kind of product it is. So that's why it's important to discuss with the regulators what you can do. Um, I would like to say that when you do a scientific advice, it's good. It's important to do your homework because okay. you cannot come to the authority and say, "Well, this is what we're developing. What do you think we should do?" Uh, you need to actually. Um, look at the program and this and say this is what we plan to do this is the question we would like to ask you so in your briefing package that you submit before such a scientific advice you describe what are the questions you like to ask the authority uh, you also describe in that document your company position or your applicant's response uh, which is how you would like to answer that question uh, and then you ask uh, the, the, the regulators if they agree or not so in a way, uh, and that patient package also includes the background of the data you have so far in the development. So it is quite some preparation, but it's also, I think, important for, uh, I mean, it's, it's an important exercise to do preparing for this because you really need to describe uh, what you are developing, how you see and your development program and what steps you, you plan to take. Okay, and um, here as we talked about the combination product, so uh, mainly when they give you an advice, it's not only an advice on the ATMP part of the product, it's also on the medical device part, I suppose. Well, that is what is a bit new here because, I mean, EMA uh, traditionally hasn't, as you say, they need to reach out to a notified body uh, for the device. So I think there uh, I would raise the question of the possibilities for scientific advice to either have that uh, discussion with EMAP or if it's possible to bring a notified body to that discussion or to that to that meeting. Uh, because it's, again, it is a three-party dialogue here. And when you're talking combined uh, HMP or combined product, uh, you need the different perspectives also uh, on, on how the, the device part is developed. Yeah. No, I think it's interesting. Uh, I really want to see this type of thing because uh, in one side, what I what is interesting is that in one side, the EMA uh, is um, is providing some advices um, if on wh where to go, some guidelines and answering your question and tell you what is good. In the other side, the notified body cannot do that without you having an application with them. So registering with them and starting really to work with them and paying, if I can say, some fee with them also. Uh, so it's also something that is interesting to see uh, how this this trilogue, if I can say, can work together uh, to, to have things when, uh, yeah, it's not really, if I can say, the culture of this yeah. of medical devices to get advices from a notified body without, yeah. uh, without some application. So. Yeah. No, I think it's, it's a good point. And, and I think it's all 
in the end, it's all the benefit of patients, right? I mean, it's all we want to bring these new innovative products uh, to to the patients. So, uh, if I may say so, a patient or a future patient, I wouldn't care if it's a medicinal product or a device that I'm, I'm using as a treatment and you want the best. And how that's regulated, that's really up to us working with this. I mean, both from from uh, a company perspective, but also from the regulators to to find ways to get this product, of course, safe and, and documented and, and, and studied in a good way uh, so that they can be brought to market and, and to the patients. No, I think it's it's great, and uh, I think uh, I think this really helped really uh, to understand uh, this new world, if I can say, we call ATMP, uh, because we are used to talk about medicinal products, we are used to talk about medical devices, uh, or or talk about uh, in vitro diagnostic. But here, yeah, it's kind of a, a new kind of subgroup that we have to uh, to also include in our discussion, so that uh, people that are trying to raise some of those projects understand exactly what is the path. Uh, where they have to go through and uh, what are the possibilities and uh, not, uh, not possible also. So I think it's, uh, it's really great. So thank you for, for that, Margaret. Um, I, I wanted to talk with you about the last point. So um, uh, we have the top pro symposium that will be um, happening uh, virtually this year. And uh, I know that you are also um, um, managing a group or discussion there uh, for, for Topra. So can you tell us more what will be your discussion? And also, can you remind me when it will happen? When it, what are the dates mm -hmm. of the Topra symposium virtual, um, virtual summit? Yeah, well, thank you, Monir. I'm, uh, yes, I am involved in Topra uh, as a volunteer. Okay. Uh, uh, and uh, for now, for several years, but particularly this year, the plan okay. was to be in Brussels. So uh, that's why the program has been developed close in collaboration with IMA and, of course, with the Belgian uh, Authority, the Federal Agency for Medicines and Health Products. Um, we it starts on the it's the dates are the the fifth to the eighth of October. Okay. Uh, if you talk human medicines, uh, and then you have uh, a medical devices symposium, the, the 6th to the 8th. Uh, the 6th is a very important date because I think there we are also trying to have a special day for academia and SMEs. And I wanted particularly to mention that, um, that this is a one day, uh, participation that, that, uh, or a day that, that the program can be attended at a low cost. It includes session, in particular, uh, the support of EMA and the national authorities on regulatory tools for SME and academia. And it also includes a session on advanced therapies uh, and one in particular on scientific advice. So it really fits, I would say, quite well or very well to topics we are talking about today. Um, there also are sessions in over those uh, in the program that has uh, drug device combinations or different aspects of these particular where you add a device into a medicinal product. So um, again, it's a platform uh, usually face-to-face, -face, this time virtually, as yeah. we're all getting used <laughs> to, to meet over line in front of a camera today. Um, but it's we hope and we're really working hard to make this a possibility for interactive discussions uh, I will be sharing a couple of the sessions uh, on the, the SME Academia Day. I will also share one session on the 
uh, update on the uh, MDR, as you mentioned before, and the IVDR um, coming well soon in place. Uh, May next year is not that far away, and yeah. May 22 <laughs> is not even that far away either for the in vitro diagnostics. So I think, and I do hope that um, anyone interested, I would say, in or working with regulatory affairs uh, with these kind of products being medicinal products for human medicines, veterinary medicines, or medical devices, or advanced therapies, and as we've been talking about today, combined ATMPs, take the opportunity to uh, be part of the symposium. Um, I'm really looking forward to that and uh, hope we'll have a good discussion yeah. even online. Yeah, I, I confirm. So yeah, we had um, we had Raluca and um, and uh, Kevin Pay uh, on the podcast. So it was uh, also something uh, uh, where we discussed really a lot uh, about uh, how this uh, Topra symposium will go uh, through. But uh, as you mentioned, so if you are really interested in regulatory affairs for medical devices, for medicinal products, for ATMP, also for I think there is also a section for veterinary. So if you have people, people that are also with veterinary, though. You can, you, you, I think this is the place to go to learn a lot. I had also Martin Witt from, uh, from Tuf Sud on the podcast and he will also be uh, speaking there. Uh, I think I saw a lot of uh, the speakers also on LinkedIn. So they are really, uh, top class speakers, if I can say that are really presenting a lot of things. So if you want to learn instead of, uh, uh doing just one training by, by going to the Top Ross Symposium, you can also learn a lot with a lot of uh, topics and a lot of subjects with, uh, from a lot of presenters. So it's really an uh, interesting thing. So thank you for, uh, volunteering and doing that since uh, since a long time and i hope next year we can do again a face-to-face -face, uh top pro meeting because uh, i think i was last year there we made a video and everything so i hope to go again uh, maybe next year if, if it's face-to-face -face so that we can again meet all together and uh, have this uh, this great uh, great uh, great sessions um okay so um thank you margaret so where people can follow up with you if they have maybe one question about atmp I would probably say my LinkedIn profile. Okay. Uh, that would be the best way to contact me. So I will, I will put all that on the show notes. Uh, so um, I will put also the, the links of what we discussed today. So maybe I will put the link of what you, you've said about the um, EMA website with the ATMP, um, ATMP list, if I can say. So if you have that, it would be great. Maybe we can sh share that with people. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, if you have any questions, then uh, just connect, connect with uh, Margaret through LinkedIn and I will, I will share with you all the all the links for that. Okay, Margaret, so really thank you for uh, all, all this uh, information that you provided. Uh, we had a great learning now on ATMP and uh, I wish you a really nice day. My pleasure. Have a nice day. You too. Thank Bye you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. So if you like this episode, please provide a review on the platform where you are listening to it. And also don't forget to share it with your colleagues. Thank you very much. 